Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park I knew exactly what you meant, but it was funny that you phrased it that way. Yeah. You just live send me. <laughs> Ding. Ding. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined, as always, by Eddie Watts. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> and Danae Hughes. That sounds like I used to be like on in Van Halen or something. Yeah, like that sounds like a or like a that sounds like a like an FM DJ or something. Yeah. Eddie Watts. I was hoping the, you were gonna give. We got me the weathers on the eights. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how to DJ. I'm not good at that. So uh, me either. Yeah, right you guys for, are terrible. We <laughs> we write for Cinema Sins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the Cinema Sins universe as well. Uh, how's it going, guys? Everybody Good. still kicking? That was in? a joke, by the way, because they're actually DJs. If anybody we were know that. or were, yes, mm-hmm. we were. We were doing like the DJ thing in the morning, right? We now? are. Yeah. 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 So is that every day? Yes. No. Seven days a week. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You did it two gonna... days in a row, though. So that conf- I was like, wow. Yeah, we did it three gonna... days last week mm-hmm. or three days. Well, I mean, I didn't actually listen to any of them, but I I saw you tweet stuff about them. So I'm just kidding. Thanks for showing your support. <laughs> You're on the first episode, so I did not hear that when I heard the other two. But yeah, no, I didn't. I did not hear that when I got very confused. Yeah, that's when you make a joke on Twitter and it kind of like backfires on you. And I'm like, Damn it! <laughs> Every uh, people like thought I was really upset because they were like, "No, they mentioned you. They really did." I'm like, God. <laughs> yeah yeah there'll always support. be a jonathan puppet in the corner of this studio so <laughs> you know it's forever forever living here um before we uh head either any further into the show right here at the beginning uh we do like to thank our sin club members you can be a member of the sin club and if you're wondering what that's all about basically you show your love for the sins content uh by becoming a member at whatever level you choose to be i think it starts membership starts at three bucks a month and you get access to bonus episodes bonus videos discounts on merch uh, all sorts of fun stuff. If you want to check out all the details on that stuff, uh, it's at patreon.com slash cinemasins, uh, or you can go to cinemasins.com and click on membership. Uh, that'll work as well. So yeah, we'd love to see you become a member of the Sin Club. And if you have any questions, you know, feel free uh, to let us know. We're really loving uh, hanging out with our members. And we just released uh, an annual option for members. So you mm-hmm. can do an annual membership instead of a monthly membership and save a little bit of money. And we've already had people take us up on that. So that's kind of cool. So yeah, very um, cool. So if you're interested in that you can check it out again at uh, patreon.com slash cinema sins uh anything to uh anything to chat about before we get into the 
the videos for this week, guys? Like anything like on your heart that you didn't get out during our five-hour outtake conversation? That you Are you to... feeling okay? I... This isn't like you to be like, hey, let's knock it on yeah, with the show. Let's, let's, let's talk more. You know what? I take let's it all back. I take it all back. Nope. I want to tell you about what's on my heart. I got to DM my first game. Yeah, you Let's did. Let's talk about that for 12 hours. Was that Dungeon Master? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Not direct message. I, that's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> that's when I right. DM, I think direct message. So now I'm going to take you through the world that I created, mm -hmm. the players. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the uh, combat that actually didn't end up happening because uh, they snuck around. Yep. You know, just some cool stuff. Yeah. Probably want to like back out of the world too. Maybe even tell you guys some secrets that I love it. Love it. Yeah, Danae, I think this is I, I'm so glad you got a chance to talk about that, uh, all that stuff. So let's head on to this inside scoop. <laughs> like I said. <laughs> What's he building in there? I've got a secret. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. This is a true story. Let's take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the show or movie in general. And uh, because of one of the movies this week, uh, we're going to go with the Sinside Scoob today. Uh, not Ooh, necessarily the Sinside Scoob. Whoa, we're Scoob. starting with Scoob? Uh, no, no, we're not. I just, I, just oh. the thought just struck me when I said Sinside Scoob that it sounded like Scoob. Anyhow, that's how my brain works. Um, yeah, we're going to go all over the place. We're going to start with Scoob. Then we're going to talk more about Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. And, and yes. we're gonna, mainly we're just we're going to separate out the two Brooklyn Nine Nine episodes to talk about one at the beginning <laughs> and one at the end because why would we do those together? <laughs> I didn't see I didn't see a single person complain about that. No, no, people love their Brooklyn Nine Nine, and we do too. Yeah. Uh, that's just but one I of those did... scheduling things. We just have to every once in a while move stuff around, and so we ended up with uh, two B Nine Nines this week. Back to back. I did see some people in I think it was was it Halloween that were like you're too scared to do Yippee Kayak. Or, or vice versa. <laughs> it must have been vice versa because Yippie Kayak was first. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then it was people in that one going, you're too scared to do Halloween. And then it and comes then, out like, two, days like, later. two days later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start with Yippie Kayak. Uh, it's a fun episode. I, in many oh, ways, yeah. I, I'm not able to distinguish much between episodes except for the stuff we talk about in the sins video you know what i mean like mm -hmm. they're they're just different plots but they're the same kind of fun it's the same kind of uh energy the characters are you know pretty much the same so i guess you know halloween is is special because there's a proposal but you know that again that's plot based so you know mm -hmm. it, what i've said about brooklyn 99 before just carry it over to these two episodes i love yeah, this show I just I love, I love, I love sending it too. Like I love this show with all my heart, and I love sending it. This show just makes me happy. And yeah. right now, things making me happy is awesome. So. <laughs> uh, I had my first Brooklyn Nine Nine laugh on the Halloween episode that we'll talk about next, and it's definitely growing on me. So, oh nice, because you, I remember yeah. you had said that it wasn't really connecting to you. I'm like I don't Sit know. Sitcoms are weird, right? Because I just I feel like. Like you're just on board with the characters, or you aren't. Like I don't, I because like they all seem to have very similar like structures and plot lines and stuff like that. Like most of them kind of stick to the norm, but I don't know. I just love these characters. They uh, and it's very smart. It is. It and it's it's a little bit interesting in its pacing too because it mm -hmm. seems like they really don't give you a lot of breath, especially with Amy and Jake. J is Jake. it Jake? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, they're just like it's everything is so quick, and I find that to be. A nearly impossible real relationship like <laughs> yeah 
Do you know what I mean? It's too fast, especially on the Halloween episode that we'll talk about in a second. But like in, in this one as well, watching this one, there's and it's the comedic timing. It's the writing. Obviously, it's a show. Uh, I, I say that to add that even though I, I enjoy it, I still don't know that I would pick it up and just like binge this one yeah. for whatever reason. It's just a little bit outside of, I don't know, my interest for whatever I'm hoping reason. you yeah. get there. I'm hoping you get there. Uh, it is It is so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And one thing I think specifically about a reason you might like the show as opposed to other comedies we've done like community or whatever is you're rooting for these people like these are fun people not only to hang out with but you also like them as human beings and some of them are dumb like some of the you know like hitchcock and scully are you know th their whole character is kind of oblivious yeah. but they're not mm -hmm. jerks and you know in the jerks in this show are jerks and you're not supposed to like them but our main yeah, people like are people the vulture like the vulture but the the other people in this the main people in the show you root for all of them you know amongst their idiosyncratic yeah. ways so yeah oh i think that's a good point because peralta is that great like he makes mistakes but he's not a jerk like he's not right. an ass inherently like somebody like uh like community right like, uh you know like his or curb like, your enthusiasm or you know whatever yeah. the case may be yeah or seinfeld or you know whatever i mean they, i mean peralta is actually a very sweet guy he just really loves his job and he just really you know he has like these crazy like ideas of you know what he can do and uh he makes some stupid mistakes but yeah no it's they're all really they're all really fun people yeah characters uh let's get into the sins video now both of these episodes are kind of taking them as you know, here at the same time, but uh, both of these were Dicer Watkins scripts. So Jonathan and I wrote on both of these. Uh, so Danae, what did you think about the Yippie Kaya? Danae shadowed both, right? I I think she did. I, yeah. Yeah, it's because we it's had a to... shadow season for Danae. Around <laughs> these parts. Oh, it's the season of shadow for myself, which <laughs> you've talked about this before, but it does make everything very confusing. The, mm -hmm. the lines between what I have and have not written are blurring <laughs> pretty Well, there are a couple scenes in these videos that you wrote. So, you know what I mean? Like when you're when you're a shadow, you can suggest, you know, additional sins and you did that. And that's that's great. So, yeah. So technically, I, there is writing here. I'm also doing this dumb thing where even if I'm not the shadow and I'm not the writer, I will sometimes go in and watch you guys do your editing for the video. And I'll I'll make suggestions there too. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I just need to get my fingers out of these. Like, get out today, <laughs> get out. It's just all confusing. Um, I loved this one, uh, although I was obviously confused since Die Hard is not something I'm super mm -hmm. familiar with. So there's neither that... is Jake apparently. <laughs> <laughs> right, and that was a thing I really enjoyed was that run about like all of the reasons that this isn't Die Hard, mm -hmm. and um, clearly having a lot of fun with that. So I thought that was really great, it's even not though I don't tower. understand it. It's not in the right. tower. It's not, not in the tower. tower. Yeah, that um, was that was all Aaron. I added the Christmas and Hollis. I don't remember what the one was Aaron had that he didn't like. But well, it was like, one. I, one one of them I wrote. They actually the kids? they addressed it. No, the kids we just changed to be correct. Uh, I had written incorrectly that he had two daughters instead of a daughter and a son or something like Which, that. Which and I didn't catch the first time. Barrett actually. So maybe maybe Barrett actually. Barrett. This was this the one, one that I went in and did the editing stuff. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So Barrett was on this one. So yeah, Barrett actually caught that, thankfully, because I, I can't believe I didn't. I was just I was just enjoying that run so much. I just didn't even think. I sure they, wouldn't have caught it. One of them, one of them, I remember now, one of them was that they weren't German. And uh, yeah. the show makes a big point about them being Canadian. And so I yeah, didn't feel like yeah. we needed to point that out, too. Um, and so we added the Christmas and Hollis thing, which is better anyway. So, so I appreciated that ad. 
I also liked the the, the sin that I really enjoyed was the. Um, Pointing out, like, well, is it okay to lie the other 364 days a uh-huh. year? Like, I had that one too. Why are we making a big deal? It's like you can't do anything today. Today's a special day when you have to be a perfect person. And it's like, wait, what does that mean? So that was just kind of a fun one. Yeah, but it's um, also and it's also a way to take a jab at the idea that Christmas is like some like it's a different day than mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. other than we all have the day off. You know, it's like it's I don't like, know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like don't ahead, swear guys. on Sunday. Right. Not on <laughs> yeah. Sunday. Any other day, super all right. Yep. <laughs> uh, what about you guys? Uh, I'll go next. Uh, Amy's left-handed, I wanted to mention. Uh, I did research on the character. And then it was interesting to see left-handed people in the comments talking about how they just yeah. use their mice right-handed. And that is why mm-hmm. specifically I said, like, the sin could be for the fact that left-handers just live in a right-handed world. Um, what made you want to look up if she was left-handed, though? Like what? Well, I, I kind of remembered that she oh, was. Okay. And so it, I noticed that her mouse was on the right side of the keyboard. And I was, I was like, like, you are doing, you are doing way more research than <laughs> I am. <laughs> you're like every single motion. I, you're like, oh, Jonathan, I mean, uh, uh, Eddie Watts. <laughs> Uh, I I put together my own dossier of every character in every movie or show that we do, and it's like a ten page dossier with birth dates, you know, what handed yeah. they are, all that kind Top of stuff. Top ten list. Yeah, exactly. you, uh, No one is gonna understand why you're calling me Eddie. It's about a, it'll be as confusing as why my you, my Twitter handle is Sam Loomis. Like, why does this guy not just use his name in anything? <laughs> Uh, so, so I liked that, uh, pointing that out. Uh, you think you're being nice, but you're actually just being terrible. Uh, I loved that <laughs> because there is this thing and we've talked about it, uh, Danae with the tacos and, you know, turning those down like this, mm-hmm. this idea that, um, that we, we do things just because we think it's the way it should be done. So I liked that, uh, genital shaming. Yeah, I just thought that was yep. that was great. Uh, the sin off for Terry Crews was so important. He deserves it. He's so fun in this show. Uh, and then lit up literally like Christmas made me laugh too. Because oh, that was fun because I that was one of those. I had like a Jeremy moment where he'll talk about as he's writing it. Like I remember in Bloodshot, he was talking about as he wrote it, he, the Jesus thing, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh wait, and Jesus." That was <laughs> yeah. kind of what happened to me here because I just thought it was silly that they had her in that open area and everything. Yeah. And then I was like, "Oh my god." it's actually lit up like christmas (laughs) (laughs) what about you jonathan um you guys nailed a lot i like that we gave a sent off for the cold opens um and i like that aaron mentioned the gina boyle coupling i had forgotten about that actually till we watched dude it's so weird i don't i I don't get those two being together i think the show was going for the weirdness it was going for you would never see these two together but it's just some sort of sexual connection and gina the entire time hated the fact that they were together but she just loved being with him so yeah, yeah it, was it was weird it was weird and then at the beginning of the series he tries to have start a relationship with rosa which they i think they maybe go on a maybe do they actually date i can't remember if they i don't actually think so but date. I, I don't remember I just but, uh, find it but hard they to had believe. a lot more chemistry I, I find it hard to believe that boyle would want to be with anybody other than jake right, right? he's a jake asexual oh, yeah, yeah basically like, oh god especially Spoiler alert, the episode you guys did. I know. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm saying the more that I watch this, I'm like, okay, he he needs to be a 
he needs to find a woman that looks like Jake and acts like Jake <laughs> or just a straight dude that looks like Jake and acts like Jake. And then I think it makes sense for him. Otherwise, yeah. it might be like a problem insane. if it's a it might be a problem if it's a straight dude that looks it like is, Jake. This uh, would be like people talk about <laughs> elevated horror and stuff. This is elevated bromance. Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. I didn't mean straight dude like a straight. Out I knew exactly dude. what you meant, but it was funny that meant. you phrased it that way. Um, and yeah. I loved the you just the t- live send me <laughs> Ding. I loved the Ding. taken the run of taken sins or not sins but it was the same sin but it was just the diatribe or whatever you know just going through that yes. was that was like you're just talking about with the Christmas thing for yeah. me it was like I know there's something there with taking and taken you know like <laughs> and I I just I tried it a bunch of different ways and I was like oh maybe that's the sin maybe I can't figure it out in the actual sin uh, and Those so then I just finished it with, eh, you send this one. But the outtakes <laughs> were awesome. And my favorite bit about the outtakes was that Aaron and I both, in this same like scene, wrote two separate SNL outtakes. Or put in two <laughs> separate SNL outtakes. He, You did the undercover boss, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's what yours was. And then yeah. I did the match chat. Yeah. Um, that was that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even catch it. It took me like three. It took me like three watches to even catch that that was also SNL. Um, was it uh, the outtake that you have for Halloween? Maybe we can transition. Are we going to go back to back B nine nine today? Yeah. Sir in charge, Aaron. Okay. Yeah. The outtake on Halloween. Just to, I'll just say it now. About codependency was hilarious. Oh, that was that was and that was and I didn't know what that was from because I had not watched. Because we and that was weird. That was the Palm Springs one, right? Yeah, yeah, the Palm Springs proposal. I was, and I watched it like a couple days later because we did the mini pod, which hasn't, which should, hopefully will be out by the time this this drops. But um, and I had no idea what that was from. And then I, I know, was like, right? that's hilarious. It was so perfect. It was so perfect. Yeah, and, and you had the, a Palm Springs one on this one too, on, right? You had the um, yes, yeah. I need to go check on my dog. Yes, yep crazy yeah no it was just it that was that was just one of those light bulb moments you know yeah uh, Aaron was was like I know it's long but I want it all in there I did I really (laughs) wow that's uh that's, oh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna take yeah, a break. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did not mean it. That no, way. no. But <laughs> time out. It's certain, time out. It's certainly a certainly a title of my sex Aaron date said, moment. I know sure. the outtake <laughs> is long. In, <laughs> thank you. Thank in you for clarifying. Seconds, in seconds <laughs> measuring. Like, if there, but if there has been a better, that's what she said moment in the history yeah. of our podcast. I don't. I don't think. Let we've me explain. Seen it, so. We find that outtakes, if they're more than like six or seven seconds, they don't hit seconds, as hard. Seconds. Seconds. Right. Yes. Seconds. Seconds. And so Aaron wanted this in so badly. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. It was so good. Oh, Anyhow. Oh, great. Uh, yes. No, I literally wrote that note. I literally wrote that note in the script was, you know, I know this yeah. is on the longer side of the outtakes that we do, but please, mm-hmm. been, this is going to be wonderful. That would have been wonderful. a better way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> Uh, what else, Danae? What else did you like in the video? Nothing. Oh, it. well, that's too bad. That's unfortunate. Okay, well. I are we, we'll are we talking on. about Halloween now? Yeah, we're well, I'm so yes, we've moved on to Halloween. I guess I should I, say this is the proposal episode if people are kind of yeah. wondering which well, one it is. Well, and it's also, the this is the obviously with the V in there, if you couldn't tell, if you don't watch the show, this is their fifth Halloween episode. And um, th- that's kind of become a really fun tradition that unfortunately the last couple of seasons they haven't really been able to do because the show has aired in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I've, I believe they're supposed to, it, well, depending on when, the, but who knows when the show is going to come back. I know they were planning on doing another one this season, but now they're trying to just figure out how they're going to do the show. Yeah. So, it's the heist. Um, it's the heist yeah. episode. Yeah. It's so awesome. I, uh, I obviously 
have more. I just, I didn't know if we were transitioning 100% or not. 100% transitioning. Sorry. Yes. Continue. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so there's an interesting thing in the comments that's happening, and I want to address it on this one, and that is the I am a golden god. Mm-hmm. What is that from? Almost Famous. Almost Famous. Okay. So I haven't seen Almost Famous, but I knew it was from a movie. However, apparently in Critical Role, which is the uh, podcast I'm a fan of, the YouTube show that I'm a fan of, Mm -hmm. that has everybody that's voice actors who play Dungeons and Dragons and all that stuff. They're in their second season, but in their first season, one of the characters does something crazy and she says this. So you'll see in the comments that everyone's like, Oh my God! They're referencing Critical Role. I wondered what with that was I about. Am a God. <laughs> so yes. in Critical so, Role, were they referencing insane. Almost Famous? I, she had to be referencing Almost Famous yeah, at yeah, that yeah. moment. Yeah. Yes. So I'm assuming that the person who's playing the character that did this thing <laughs> says, "I am a Golden God" in that moment, which is what they know that reference from. Now, also though, there have been several other Critical Role like little sprinklings mm-hmm. in here and there yeah. with like "I am Buttonbeard" and the reference about. Um, Matt and Marisha, mm-hmm. you know, like lighting their house basically the on flume. fire that day. Yeah. The flume issue. Yeah. And there's been like a couple like little ones here and there. So I think that we've got some very vocal critters, which I love bidet, by the way. But it's just funny to see it. I'm like, I don't I know that's not from Critical Role because <laughs> my you guys didn't write don't, on it. <laughs> I didn't write on this one. My guys don't watch the show. And it's got to be because I've heard you, Aaron, reference. I'm a golden god before. And I'm on so drugs. I just wanted to clarify yeah. That. This I, reminds yeah. me, though, of. There was a Who uh, Greatest Hits comp, the the band The Who, yeah, uh, Greatest Hits compilation that came out like 2000, maybe three, and there was a sticker on the CD that said featuring the hit song from CSI. <laughs> like, like that's, but, but that really is probably the first place a lot of people yep. heard that song, yep. right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that song was like, you know, at that point it was like 20 years old or whatever. And it's, the, um, uh, it's for my boys. It was the Toy Story Star Wars moment where yeah. they watch Star Wars for the first time and they're like, they got that from Toy Story. And it's like, no, <laughs> get that backwards. Get that backwards. <laughs> or me saying that that'll do donkey and you being like it's pig <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah um i really enjoyed shadowing on this one but uh and i enjoyed watching the show i've never seen one of the highest episodes before but it's it was definitely a lot of fun if not goofy uh, they get crazy as they go yeah it is just this impossible thing mm-hmm. um i thought you guys did a, a fun job in the script this is a. I did add a sin this time around because the sentence references the dog, and so I thought there needed to be some kind of a dog moment. Mm-hmm. So I got to kind of add in a little puppy sin, uh, which was a which was fun um, and valid. So, by the way, the, yes, that fake dog so. is never resolved, never addressed. Where did you get a fake cheddar? <laughs> Where did like. Yeah, no. Now, it was it was pointed out in the comments they had been planning this for a year. So Well, see, here's the thing, but the thing that I, they're pointing I, out, I am going to I'm going yeah. to, you know, uh, listen, when there's when there's a you done messed up AA Ron, I'm the first to admit it. But in this case, the things that they're talking about are yes, you can plan a heist, but you don't know what everybody else is doing. That, and yeah, the things that we're saying are based on sure. what other people are doing. Um, you know, like that safe being there. He didn't know mm-hmm. she was going to have that, but yet somehow yeah. he has an imitation yeah. one, you know? So, yeah. The entire thing is impossible. It's one of those you just have to suspend your oh, all of your understanding. And then, of course, to sin it, you get to bring it back into reality. Yeah. And the dog situation yeah. is, yes, maybe you had a year to plan, but you couldn't have involved the captain in mm-hmm. that. Otherwise, he would have known. So how did you get a dog to follow a stranger into the precinct? 
yeah. during yeah. this crazy moment and then disappear at the perfect moment for the real cheddar to come back. It was just and, and we left a lot of fun. stuff on the cutting room floor too. Yeah. Like we, we there was plenty there was so much to send. I mean with the yeah. with the highs and stuff. Like, you know, the fact that like the captain could put that that uh the thing together, the what do you call that? The lever. I mean whatever he was oh, doing. Oh yeah, pull, that little the device pulley system. The pulley yeah. system that he'd have to put yeah. it yeah, that and, and some of that stuff like you know it's cinnable, but how do you send it? Um Yeah, and it was more fun to send the sweat dropping, you know, that Aaron put in there. So I yeah. I, I liked where we went with most of the stuff. So I mean um, all the stuff. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Every S T D for themselves was one of my favorites. I had that written down uh, as well. And the handmaid's uh, tears delivery from the narrator where it's like I had that down. It's just that was just a funny thing. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's Danae's favorite show. If anybody uh, didn't listen to the Hands May Tell episode, oh yeah, that she loves Danae's that. She cannot wait she, for a new season. She, in fact, she's wearing a bonnet right now. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, is that I think a they call them wimples. Wimples. <laughs> Uh, this is my this is my wimple. This is my sinning wimple. <laughs> nice. Danae hates that show. Just just in uh, case you don't get the joke. What about uh, you guys? What did you like? Jonathan? Um, I liked uh, Captain Holt would be well a, a captain at captain. TV sense. And that yeah. was another one that was the way that was the way it's written is the way I thought it out. Uh because yeah. I was like, Oh yeah, Captain, that works. Uh oh, okay, so for the the couple two or three Brooklyn nine nines I've worked on before this, I've tried to get in a sin, which you were you were shadowing this, so you might have been fine with it, but I've tried to get in a sin about Terry speaking in the third person. And for some reason, like Barrett's just shut it down every time I've done it. I don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, we just I mean I know what I know why he has shut it down. And and but it made me figure out a way to do it, like to get one in where we actually did the third we kind right. of made fun of it. So we have the TV set doesn't think Terry is. That's why I wrote that because I was like, damn it, I'm getting something in here. <laughs> if you, if you can't actually send it, you can mock it. That's that's <laughs> yeah. one of one of your lessons. But I like the but I like I like that Barrett knocked those down because maybe I wouldn't have written this one. So you know, I think this one was better. The other ones were just kind of like, oh, Terry talks in the third person. We yeah. knock <laughs> you down so you can get better, Jonathan. Uh, that's why we do it. <laughs> and then Aaron getting a, a title of my sex tape uh, sent in there. Yeah, was that was awesome. a good one. That was uh, so funny. I don't get it. Seems pretty normal. Title of my sex tape. <laughs> I love the idea that the college the college girlfriend kind of what well, that's what she said joke for this narrator yeah. is title of my sex tape, but it's always something really bland. Really bland. <laughs> but that's a, but that's also that's a Jake Peralta thing, right? The title of my sex tape. Yeah, yeah it is a Jake Peralta that. thing, yeah, but it's yeah. it's 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 more salacious on the you know the time yeah, that he yeah, uses yeah. or whatever. I just like the idea that this narrator like thinks it's hilarious. Like doesn't understand sex. He, yeah, it's doesn't like understand that he's making fun of himself. You know, kind of thing. Did I, you guys I see? Yeah, they also had two different comments on how much jake spent on his phone i thought that was interesting yeah, one person 13. said $13 and one person yeah. said 14 i'm like i don't if this is actually in the show i don't it, remember it it is but i didn't remember it either i i wish okay. i had that level of memory because that would have made that joke even better yeah. it was Narrator's like you, you not spent, supposed to remember you spent 13 dollars on that phone you should use it you know like that that yeah. would have been funny for the people who knew but no i i had no memory of that yeah, we miss the we forget things. We're we're old. <laughs> That's true. Uh, let's see. Uh, I loved uh, the voice modulator sin. Uh, you, I gotta say, your impression of Gina's ghost fat ghost face slash jigsaw was spot on. Then that got we, worked around. That got worked on a lot too. Like that got massaged. I and had then I think to. Danae even added something. I'm to sorry. It. I'm sorry. I, I had, thought it was hilarious. Though. It was no. It was that that <laughs> jigojean. Like I had to write that out (laughs) phonetically because you just you want to say maybe you want to say Jagojin 
or something mm-hmm. like that. And I just, but it's, but it's Gina, right? So I, uh-huh. I was very particular, like Jigsaw, <laughs> Ghostface, Gina, Jigo Jin. No, Jigga Joan. It was, it was a mess. Jigga <laughs> Joan. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, I liked uh, that. And then uh, I wanted to mention the uh, tick tocking. Uh, I thought was was fun too. So yeah, good stuff. Uh, let's move on to a really yes, a really I'm fun so music video. Since uh, this week we are doing WAP, uh, which apparently stands uh, for Gushy, uh, according to this video. So <laughs> um, what so- is what is two fine church going people like you think of this song? <laughs> Come on, I know that has nothing to do with anything. I'm just making a joke. Uh, let's hear Barrett's notes first, and then uh, then we'll all give our thoughts. I, I will get there in just one second, but I wanted I just wanted to go look at, just to make sure I knew what WAP stands for. And holy mother, you, oh, how did, did you not? Are you know being that? serious? I didn't. I got guys. Listen, I am very disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just so, mean if you watch the video, I would have thought it made sense by what Barrett was saying. Like you could have figured. No, that no, out. no. I definitely saw. I definitely knew that there was some gush happening, <laughs> but I didn't understand exactly. So did the did the water cascading out of the out of the house out of the entryway? I just thought that maybe WAP was like a sound you make or something. Like, yeah. it's a very it's a very subtle song. I'll give you that. So it was super I just thought subtle. It was a sound you make. You know, like WAP WAP. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, honey, want to do a little wop wop? <laughs> Does no one else do that? <laughs> nope, nope, not at all. I've spelled oh, the alphabet. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh my god. It, it. I mean, I've, I've, I've had, I've had compliments from it, so I'm, you know. <laughs> is it hot in here? Just a little bit. Warm? Just a little bit. A little moist, actually. A little humid. All right. Here's oh. what. Yeah, oh, humid. Jesus. Let's go with Barrett. humid. So Barrett starts off by saying, I love me some WAP. WAP WAP. He says WAP WAP. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge Cardi fan, but I do like Megan the Stallion quite a bit. But this song and video is very enjoyable. In my opinion, they didn't do it just to be salacious. They did it because they could. They're strong, sexy women and can rap about their naughty bits all they want to. My only real problem with this video is that it was censored for some language, and I cannot for the life of me figure out why. Everyone knows what they're talking about. Oh, except for me. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) Barrett Denae has just disproven your theory. (laughs) I feel like I'm, there's going to be so many people disappointed in me. Uh, and it's not like the video doesn't have obvious references. <laughs> Basically, Barrett's notes have turned into him making fun of Danae. It's like unintentionally. And then I'm reading his notes for the first time. This is awful. And then he puts in parentheses, including lots of boobs and butts in the decor. Oh, my God. I <laughs> I believe Cardi said the actual version would have been banned from YouTube, but I cannot buy that. Regardless, they look like they're having a great time. The song is a banger, and I appreciate what it's trying to do. Is it high art? No, but neither is MTV's The Challenge, and I love that shit too. I also do love high art just as much. 
Oh, also, I can't understand why the general lady was in there, especially for that 23-second break in the video. I feel like I'm pretty in touch with pop culture, but the Kardashian-Jenner clan is a blind spot. Without looking her up, I've literally forgotten what her first name is. Pretty sure it starts with a K. Anyway, <laughs> we, we need more vagina songs. It's Kendall, right? I, That's I am Kendall not Jenner, in right? this. I am not in disagreement. We, we, I mean, we already talked about this in general shaming. You know, the the way mm -hmm. we are so precious about the parts of our body is something we've talked about before. I, I'm in agreement. Vagina songs, penis songs, you know, whatever. I, I, I'm in agreement with him. I do prefer Megan Thee Stallion over Cardi B, but I think I might like Cardi B more than he does. But, um, I, I, I don't. I don't think the salacious is her only intention, but this is definitely supposed to be like an in-your-face song. Like this isn't. I mean, they're not being subtle. You well, that's know? What, like that was my transition. Yeah. I was going to make because yeah. I think there's there is an idea that this song is how do the kids say it? Sex positive, <laughs> like, you know, like this <laughs> idea that kids say this is the yeah. idea that that sex isn't something to. If my you know, daughter says sex positive to me. By the way, I'm going to run. Um, but I, I am of the possibly old school opinion, uh, that our sexuality and sex, as much as we should talk about it and enjoy it, and it's amazing that it is also precious, that it is also something special about it and that it, it serves more of a purpose than just pleasure. Uh, that is certainly one of its purposes. And I'm not even talking about procreation. I'm talking about relational purposes, uh, that it is kind of a, a bonding thing that happens between human beings in a way to connect. And so, uh, I, I could spend a lot of time philosophizing on kind of my morals that go along with sex and how they've changed and, and you know, what I believe and, and what I was taught and all that kind of stuff. But when I see a song like this, I see imbalance. I see a song that is so, um, in the idea of, you know, uh, I'm going to use the word lust. Like there's, there's a real like, um, greed to the way they talk about sex. Mm hmm. I, I don't know that the philosophy behind what they're doing is anything beyond shock value, unless I'm missing I, something. I mean, which I is, obviously could see that this was it about sex, so I didn't miss that. <laughs> Good I just job. Missed, Good job. I missed like the specific, uh, the specific P part of it that we're like, oh, we're supposed to be really hyper focused on that. So uh -huh. anyway, um, but to me, this was about like. Obviously, they're very comfortable with the power of sex. And I think that might be part of what you're talking about is it's like for you, maybe it's more obvious that it's being used as a power thing rather than a relational thing. Which know. which the philosophy is that that has been such a a warped power dynamic over the years that there is uh, yeah. something about them, the, about females taking back the idea of sexuality yeah. and the idea of the power behind it. And I, I totally get, you know all of that stuff but there's a there's a um apathy is maybe the wrong word but there is a a they seem uncaring about the the power of sexuality in a relational way they just care about it in a ownership way and mm -hmm. I, I don't think that's a full way to view sexuality right yeah your, your sex video would be really boring compared to this one i think <laughs> I, um, I I have it'd some. Be, it'd be about love and relationships, though. I don't know. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you just gotta. Sometimes you just gotta bone, Aaron. Sometimes, can you? you know. Can you? <laughs> I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Your your music video would just be like the the like some really like banging music and like you're in the mood and then the door closes with like a little privacy like little sign that just swings on that and that's it that's the whole video it's like not for your eyes guys it's just for us 
my, my, my video is going to be weak ass philosophy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's weak. I just right. think that obviously it's so different no, it's than not what weak we're watching. No, there's, I know what you're saying. I know, I know what you're saying. Here, let me, let me, no, 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 let me, I've got the metaphor. I, re, I really think I have a good metaphor here. I, if you compare it to- Are your, you talking about birds and bees or? Okay. <laughs> no, no. If you compare it what? to your health via how you eat, right? Eating is a very human, carnal, in your skin thing. You know, you stuff food in your mouth, you digest it, all that kind of stuff. But if you, if you take the version of this video that is eating, it's about gluttony. It's just about, you know, stuffing all the food in, whatever food you want. And, you know, I'm going to, sl you know, slam that donut into my throat. Wait, wait, and... wait, wait, wait. So wait, hold on, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Are we, are you, because I didn't pick up that there, I didn't listen to the actual song or read the lyrics. Okay. Um, so you're saying that they're consuming sex in a gluttonous way. Yeah, I'm talking there's a because lust element to it. Yeah. Because they're describing it as parking their big Mack truck in their little garage. Yes, yeah. Yeah, the idea rather that... than rather than let's make love. <laughs> yeah, or some balance or some it's idea nothing. of the relational aspect. Some of the so idea that what lust. you eat matters, how you eat it I matters, know, but, you know. But are they but does it did it did it give you that that feeling that they were consuming too much? Mack truck from too many sources or See, yeah, it gave me I, that I feeling that, that they didn't care it gave me that feeling that all that's important is know. is I, the getting off. i took it whoever their dude was this is what they wanted him to do yeah it that's the be, way it i took be, it it could be just one Mack truck aaron and they just want it to be donuts <laughs> and garages and all that it was very dominating though it was very much them taking charge and which is which is always badass i mean i i and that's the thing i mean like no matter what the subject matter is anytime i see just like i don't know strong women you know that just that's always a positive for me um any kind of imagery whether yeah. it's about sex or something that's you know maybe more important um although I, what's more important than i sex, could be, let's be honest i could be wrestling with my own background, my own, you know, where I come from, all that kind of stuff. Like, I, I completely admit that, and maybe I'm projecting. Maybe I'm projecting an image that's not intended, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. But when I hear, and I did, you know, listen to the actual song and read the lyrics, and as as I am per want to do, um, and it just, it felt to me that though I understand the importance of the power dynamic of what they're talking about, that I still think it's an imbalanced view of an important subject that is much more complicated than uh you know they are making it out to oh, be and absolutely. that's and that's okay not every song you, has to be a thesis you know but you but, could say that about you could say that about love songs too i mean love songs simplify and i do say yeah. that about love yeah. songs yeah, yeah absolutely like that's but again this is my problem and we all know it every time we hit music video <laughs> sins i take every song as if it's some sort of doctoral thesis <laughs> on whatever topic it's talking about and you know that's on me mm -hmm. that's how i view words and poetry and literature is that there's fun. something deep going on there and there's not anything deeper going on here so you know it's I, I yeah don't know. i just read the lyrics for the first time um i'm gonna i'm gonna say that you can confidently uh i think you can confident i can confidently understand where you're coming from now <laughs> okay now that um, you've read the lyrics yeah <laughs> now that i've read the lyrics where the first whores in this house there's some whores in this house there's yeah. some whores in this house there's some whores in this house. Yeah. The okay, thank you. I mean, it, it. it does come from somewhere. I'm just saying we all know my predilection to take this stuff too seriously, and so take it with a grain of salt. Well, but. and I'm also reading some stuff that's like, um, like 
spit in my mouth, beat it up. So there's like this sort of like um, aggression to the sexual mm-hmm. act. I think also that is that would be uh, difficult for some people to connect to because there is like a there's a real dominating aspect to this. So anyway, the, whor- t- the whores in the house though. Let me tell you. Can I tell you a quick story about that? So <laughs> yeah. that got. I think I mentioned something to you guys on Slack. If you guys caught it, but that got stuck in my head because I watched this video several times and to, <laughs> to work on the script, and then I to, watched it to work on it. I Research. Research. And then I, uh, it really was. And then I had to watch it, you know, the edit a few times. So I, that, that got stuck in my head though. Cause this is an ear. I mean, this song is a banger, man. It gets stuck in your head after a while. That's the other that, thing that I didn't get a chance yeah. to say. It's actually a, a really decent jam. Like yeah. it's, you know, and they are so skilled. Uh, Megan oh, Stallion is so skilled. And so there is that element of it as well. Oh, she can, and she can rap quick. Too. Oh, she's, she's great. Like, uh, like yeah, no, she's up, really man. talented. Um, but I, so I, so I was, so when I get stuff stuck in my head, I don't even intentionally, like it just comes, starts coming out of me. Like I just start singing it, like humming it and that kind of thing. Like when I'm walking around the house. So my wife has never heard this song. So I'm like walking in the kitchen, just going, there's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. <laughs> and my wife was like, what, what, wait, what did you just say? Like, what? I was like, oh, sorry. Cause then I was like, I'm in a house alone with two women, you know, like that was not the best thing. So that was Way really funny. Way to go. Yeah. Way to go, Jonathan. Uh, let's yeah. move into the video. Uh, I'll kick us off on this one um the she's she's the one gonna call the plumber this time i thought was hilarious uh and the um you don't want him to park though right you kind of want him to move in and then back up right, right There's yeah, like a little yeah. motion there that yeah. was one yeah, of my parking would be seriously boring sex video <laughs> <laughs> for all parties involved <laughs> I also really liked that she could be talking about doing her taxes for all That's I know. That's the one I had too. <laughs> we both, yeah, that was so, the the bleeping was, I, I, I mean, because it was weird. It was already edited and then there was still, but I guess there were some things they couldn't change. So they just went with the woo. Um, and that yeah. was very confusing. So, you know, I thought Barrett nailed that. What, Danae, go ahead. What else did you have from this video? Anything else? You got them all. I nailed them all. Nice. Uh, uh, not the title. Of my I had, name. why even have an indoor pool if it's only two inches deep? <laughs> Um, and then uh, I don't want to know what comes out of the ass sconces, which I think was yes. the one I might have contributed, but um, that's so some funny. version of it. Nice. Don't even want to know. Don't even want to know. <laughs> uh, all right, now we can make it the Sinside Scoob. Uh, we're going to head on to uh, Cinema Sins and start with Scoob. You have to say it like that because there's an exclamation point. Scoob! Oh, there is. That's right. Um, this was an Atkinson Hughes script. Chris and Woo-hoo. Danae writing on this one. Chris, have anything to say about this? Yeah, he said, I haven't seen a movie like Scoob in a long time. (laughs) Nicely done. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Where an Indiana Jones-style adventure is meticulously constructed to involve the protagonists. The whole idea that Alexander the Great stashed his treasure in the underworld and made it so that you needed one of his descendants or one of his dog's descendants to enter it is silly enough, but that the closing of it requires a human and a dog that have a great friendship, no Alexander the Great connection required, is sillier. And the silliest is that the rules require either the human or dog to be sealed in the underworld forever until the magical statue shows up and Scooby pleads with it to bring Shaggy back. I was confused, too. It made no sense. Oh, yeah. Three skulls of Cerberus spread around the world are required to make the gate for the underworld to even show up in the first place. And this movie is trying to set up a Hanna-Barbera universe in a very WB way. Um, Throw a million characters into the movie and hope people connect or feel nostalgia for Blue Falcon or Captain Caveman. Scoop! 
Scoob is straight up bad. It's not a mystery in the style of Scooby-Doo at all. And the worst thing is everyone is worthless except Velma. They turned Fred into a dim bulb. Daphne does next to nothing except help a robot with a dustbuster head. It sucks. Uh, moving on to the Hitman's Bodyguard. Um, <laughs> so what did you think of Scoob, Danae, since you worked on it? Would... Oh, I was confused for a very, very long time of on this one. Of course. Um, because it just goes to some really confusing places. Like, mm-hmm. I, I originally I was like, okay, we're watching an origin story. And then it's like, okay, we're watching the band breaking up. Okay, we're not watching normal capers at all. Okay, there's a superhero. Okay, we're traveling. There's a bad guy that can do these crazy things with the skull. Okay, like so it's just it just mm-hmm. bounces everywhere and by the time we got to Alexander the Great and the whole underworld part of things and just how quickly assumptions are made and uh Google searches are in- enacted, I was just like I don't <laughs> I don't I don't understand anything anymore. And I was not having fun in a sad way because you should have fun with Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. It should be fun, you know? And and instead it was like they really just tried to put too much kind of into this. Mm-hmm. It was doomed for the start for me with opening with California Love because that's one of my favorite songs. And um, I had to stop. So it's like the very first thing. It's the opening. And like the Universal or whatever the logo is, is like kind of like fading up and we're coming down on Venice Beach. And I'm like, how is this a kid's how is this a kid's song in a kid's movie we're in the bomb ass state like we're in that with the, the with the bomb ass hippie the state where you never find a dance floor empty they the play inappropriate music all the time in kids movies though i don't i don't i don't know that's, that's dumb that was too far is. tupac took it too far that song needs like one or two more verses i think i think i, I, think that I would, just heard i think actually, that would be like a great perfect song for me if it had like one more verse I actually just heard uh, they have greenlit uh, Scoob 2, and it's going to start with WAP. So um, <laughs> I can see um, Aaron doesn't like this movie, though, because he has his London has fallen face. Oh, man. I am I am champing. <laughs> I am champing at the bit, guys. Like, but, I, you, but what's funny is I'm champing at the bit to basically say nothing because everybody else has mentioned everything. But, yeah, continue today. I also find it – I found it really hard to get into because – when the movie begins, we're in like the history of, you know, Shaggy and Scoob and how they meet. But it took about, I mean, it took quite a bit of time to figure out where we were because they do this thing where it's like, okay, it's 1996 Tupac and then it's 1999 Backstreet Boys. Mm-hmm. And there's suddenly an iPhone, which was invented in 2007. Uh, then there's a playlist of all this music, like from the 60s and 70s. And and then there's there's Funko Pops, which weren't invented until 1998. Then there's a Harry Potter reference from 97. And then Judge Judy from 96. Now there's a Walmart reference. <laughs> then some drones, which weren't allowed to be public until 2006. And then Simon Cowell, who looked younger than he like he looks like a young Simon Cowell so I'm like okay what what year is it and then there's the shallow song that they sing which is from 2018 and then they reference Ikea as well so it's like I spent the first 40 minutes of this movie going what year is it (laughs) Chris made a really the Simon Cowell thing killed me and when we did the mini pod on this when it came out Chris said one of the funniest things I've ever heard he said it's like if this movie was made like 15 years ago and your special guest star was George Hamilton (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. it was crazy. There's like a boom box as well. Like, mm -hmm. so there's so much. And I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to like welcome everyone from every age to the Scoob movie by mm -hmm. creating visual and uh, uh, visual things that are, you know, like nostalgic, but then also obviously music, which is nostalgic. Um, but it does a terrible job of of establishing where we are in time. I don't know. It was just... I think it's so all of that. It was just clunky. It was a very clunky movie. I think it's really cute how you assume the makers of this movie were trying to do anything um, because this movie. <laughs> oh, I think they're trying to do a lot of things. No, well, they no, too much. No, I think I think they do a lot of things. I don't think they put effort into any of them, and that's the where the word try comes in for me. Like they don't think through anything. I mean, it's perfect for us. It's why this video is like what twenty one minutes long or something. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, they they don't think about how the plot works, how the characters work, what time frame it's in. Like this this is a movie that is so unconcerned with any kind of authenticity or validity or consistency that they, they just like, hey, what do you want to see in this scene? You know, let's do this. Nobody in the room was going, well, how did they get here? Or why are they here? Or they are not asking any questions in this no, movie. Yeah, They're no just one, doing No one stuff. spoke up and said, hey, guys, we're not even really making a Scooby-Doo movie here. What's right. going on? <laughs> this is this is this is brand pimping at its worst. You know, this is yeah. IP. Yeah. Uh, you know, shoveling is, onto the screen. It's just it, this movie is it's awful. This is like it's an the, abomination. Yeah. This is the this is the bad thing that the MCU created. I think like this well, is the bad. This is the, you know, the, the this is the bad extreme of it. This is right. This is like IP. Just yeah, it's IP. It's IP is the only thing moving the story. Nothing else is. I mean, there it's just, a, it, now we're going to squeeze Captain Caveman in here. Now we're going to squeeze, yeah. you know, whatever, the Hanna-Barbera stuff. And it's like, mm -hmm. just exit stage left even. There's so much potential for a better movie here, too. Like, for example, there's two vials of hazardous material on a on a tray at one point in time that's just never really even, it's on the Blue Falcon. It's like, ooh, what if they did something with hazardous material? Or... Um, a suspicious worker at the bowling alley, the the female who somehow lifts the dumpster to get that robot mm -hmm. underneath there. Like, what's her interest? And why was she not intervening on Shaggy's behalf when she saw him obviously being attacked? So she could have been an interesting villain choice. You know, like there there was there's an inch there's something more interesting that could be done with everything in this, but it's like they just threw all of that out to just say we want to hit these high points. We want to we want to sell some new gear and mm -hmm. that's not what we want to do. Not to be a broken record, but they didn't throw anything out. They just didn't consider it in the first place. You know what I mean? I like, would say just... I laughed occasionally. I actually uh, one thing I got out of this was I don't know if he had done animated voicing before this, but I thought Wahlberg was good um, as the I... Blue Falcon. I think I did myself a favor in that I didn't even look to see who the voice actors were yeah. before I watched it the third time. Yeah. Um, so on my third watch, which is usually kind of my quicker watch where I'm kind of looking for those outtakes and um, maybe just spending a little bit more time on some of the sins that I want to make sure, mm -hmm. you know, are more exceptionally written than my the simpler ones so on that third take is when i knew who was even shaggy and then all of a sudden i was like oh my god how did i not recognize uh Will that, that was yeah. that was a yeah. bad choice too i think i i don't i mean if they didn't want to have lillard i don't understand why you don't want to have lillard but that's fine but like mm -hmm. that he did not work as shaggy i i could only hear his voice yeah uh, but I thought no, I thought Wahlberg was good. I, I the Blue Falcon was probably my favorite character if there's such a thing um, in yeah. this movie, outside of maybe Velma. 
Gotta love um, Velma. As Chris said. And also, and you guys send this in the video. I don't, this could be the transition, I guess, but if you want it to be, but the, the Shaggy and Scooby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want another 40, you don't want a 45 no, minute conversation. No, I'm done Scoob. talking about this movie. Scoob. The, uh, the Shaggy and Scooby not being worthy of being in the group. The thing about that that's so irritating is that is in like, because this was supposed to be a theatrical movie. And then if you take this movie and the live action movies, I'm almost positive those are the only three scenarios where they've used that. But they've used that in all three of like the theatrical movies. That was never a thing on the show. Like there was never, mm-hmm. they were silly and they did stupid things, but there was never a moment in the show where any of these movies they've put, you know, out on Blu-ray and stuff that, you know, were like, oh, maybe we we don't need Shaggy and Scooby. Like, cause I don't, I don't, I've never understood why mm. that's even a thing. That's a great point. That's a great point um. that they've, they've created <clears throat> them as outsiders. Whereas in the original cartoon, they were part of the team. You know, they yeah, were different, absolutely. but every part of the team was different. And so, absolutely. yeah. Well, and they're selecting the odd ducks as well. They're not selecting the beautiful man, the beautiful woman, or the smart person. They're choosing the two that have the silly voices and are a little bit more goofy, mm-hmm. which, you know, is another one of those subtle things that you pick up in in pop culture or movies or whatever that kind of denotes who is and who isn't important in a peer mm. group. And that is really frustrating to see them and really not even have a defining moment in this movie. There's no like major moment when Scooby and Shaggy like make a difference and come back. And Chris does a great job of pointing that out in the script. It's like their big moment. It's like, hey, we'll distract him and you guys go to the gate, even though we probably should be there because I have to be here to open the gate. Like there's just <laughs> there's no real moment. That made no sense. None of it does. None of any of their plans do. Or, you know, even Blue Falcon's redemption story is just it's like, um, yeah, it was it was a sad movie to watch. Let me just say, (laughs) if you if you had to take a drink every time I rolled my eyes during our conversation on Scoob, you would be uh, in dangerous, dangerous situation Mm -hmm. right now. And this is Mr. Positive Movie Man. Right. See, sometimes I do hate movies. So Scoob and London is Fallen. (laughs) Uh, let's see who is who wants to start talking about the video. Uh, should be um, one of us, Jonathan. I can. Uh, just wearing a robe and carrying a gavel doesn't make you Ruth Gator Ginsburg. I thought uh-huh. that was it. Yeah. Is, is yeah. it Ginsburg? Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounded wrong to me for some reason. Well, you cool. said Gator Ginsburg. You said Gator instead Bader of Bader Ginsburg, but yeah, Gator. That's what I meant. Damn it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Ruth. Although um, in the Hanna Barbera universe, she's a maybe, listener, right? Maybe, maybe there is a Ruth Gator Ginsburg. Who knows? You know. <laughs> She listens to our show, I'm sure. I think so. Very I think sorry. So. Yeah, she yeah. does, 100%. Uh, caninabilism, mm-hmm. um, I thought was a great word choice. Uh, I love Jeremy's reading of Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Yeah. Uh, that was amazing. That was um, fun. The, the, everything about that Dick Dastardly thing you guys found, like Richard Dastardly is an alias and that uh, he had committed like two crimes in two different countries on the same day. Like yeah. not even taken. I mean, and maybe that's on purpose, but if it's on purpose, I don't get it. So I think that was <laughs> right. just, they, yeah. they were just being super lazy with what they put on there. And yeah, then, it was um, funny because that was actually one where we where I had written something and then mm-hmm. I had deleted it from my script because I had pulled up like Google Maps to figure out how much time it would take mm-hmm. to actually travel between the two. But then I remembered he had a rocket ship. And so I was like, well, maybe it was really early in the morning. He could do one and then the other. It's still completely cynical. So when I saw that Chris had it in the script from his perspective, I was like, <laughs> that's great. I'm glad that got in there. Yeah. <laughs> And then the only other one I had was the abandoned. I mean, there, this was a great video. The the only other one I had written down that was abandoned amusement park in Romania with an English title. I thought that was funny. <laughs> that was a great catch. I I yeah. didn't notice that. This is fun what, thing to note. 
the rest of the ones that were inside the park were in Romanian. It's just the title. Of, everything else was in Romanian. It's just the title was, and it was weird. This I mean, is that's, one of, that's that's lazy. This mm-hmm. is one of those videos that I was simultaneously jealous I didn't get to write on, and also thankful I didn't have to write on. No, I like, don't want to watch this again. Right? Like, not only did I not want to watch it again, uh, I didn't want to be responsible for cataloging the, you know you know oodles and oodles of things that are wrong with it and at the same time there's sometimes a lot of fun in figuring out ways to say it so i was it was kind of one of those videos where uh i i did not want to write on it and at the same (laughs) time i I was jealous that i didn't get to i own it too because uh you got like a three dollar credit on voodoo if you just bought it and it was like the same price as renting it so i'm like i'll just buy it and you know (laughs) mckenzie my daughter can watch it um she didn't like it either by the way so i I own it uh because i apparently am now that idiot that buys everything on physical media uh because i'm afraid it's going (sighs) away this one i own on digital because that was just how it worked but uh i do buy most stuff on physical media uh yeah um i thought this video was great great job uh some of the things i have down the noticing the two headphone jacks i thought was a great catch uh five strains (laughs) Mm -hmm. of herpes made me laugh out loud um holy crap guys this dog can talk does anybody else find that amazing (laughs) that was so perfect uh uh and this stuff gets political fast after the fist bump i don't know why that really made me laugh just because it's about something so completely unpolitical and yet speaks to something that's going on i just i thought that was great uh the high-powered precision smartphone flashlight will be at the top of the technology uh that you question i thought was good too so yeah there's a lot of fun stuff in this one danae did you want to mention anything else yeah, there was a couple that I really enjoyed um, finding and or the ones that Chris wrote. But he, he did a lot of the um, kind of the stuff at the end that just like peels apart the plot that he mentioned in his description. And I He's really like how. That. Yeah. And I like how he handled it, because by the end of the movie, I was so brain numb. Um, I knew that so many things were happening that were wrong. But it's kind of like you feel like you're just swimming in like open water. Yes. And you don't have a you don't have anything to like land on or whatever and maybe because i had told my brain to shut off so i could just accept what was happening in front of me um i had an easy time sending the first like the first part but that last part i just i like literally was like falling off a cliff in a free fall so i really loved the end of the script which is largely all chris just sort of questioning so many elements about what's happening in this like expert way like if we were in battle back to back it would be me the wimpy one with a sword going i just don't have any strength anymore and he's like ninja (laughs) so i was really impressed yeah (laughs) and thankful and grateful because there was so much bullshit happening and i was like i don't know what to do chris and i did one i think it's coming out next week um so it might be out by the time we talk about it but i just i won't say the name but it's worse than it's actually a movie that's worse than this somehow but um but it's like it's not a lot of possible plot. i'm just kidding yes it's a it's a it's a lot of plot um so he was very helpful on that like he the same thing like i mean i had some stuff in there towards the end but he really broke it down you know yeah in his, yeah. his, his chris he's atkinson really good way. At that. it's incredible it's always fun <laughs> yeah, to work he's a plot with ninja the, for sure oh geez yeah um so some of the ones specifically that i i wanted to point out was uh, uh Blue Falcon at the end rescues Fred, but he doesn't ever untie him. He just carries him from the middle of the (laughs) island uh, and just sort of like drops him. And also somehow 
Captain Caveman's group of cavemen found the pituitary gland of all things. I thought that was really funny to point out. There's this whole sequence about the Googling that I really, really enjoyed starting with the, oh, fuck, you know, it isn't, which was just super fun. And realizing that they didn't even spell Coppertum correctly in their search mm-hmm. was was dumb. Um, probably my favorite sin that I found was the whole like. If Shaggy can say sure, how can he not say, or if, if Scooby can say sure, but not Shaggy, how does that work? Right. Like, yeah, he should have said a great word. observation. Yeah. I don't understand how that works. And I, I was, I was, it's like one of those moments when you find a sin, you're like, I found you. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a Caught lot of fun. Right yeah, because it's the same, it's sure is the same SH sound, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, it's the same. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, the truck driver like was a fun one. And also the chili dog sequence, just that whole part of them being in there, um, uh, was a lot of fun. So yeah, this was a, this was a lot of fun. It was a, a lot of fun to sin, I should say. Uh, and a lot of fun to watch. Great, great mm-hmm. job. Uh, let's move on to the Hitman's bodyguard. This was an Atkinson Dicer script. Chris and I wrote on this one. Uh, what did Chris have to say about this Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson hilarity? The hilarity. This was my first look at Hitman's Bodyguard. When it came out, I kept hearing that it was, quote, pretty good or, quote, better than expected. And yeah, that's pretty much what I experienced here. It's not great, but Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson are fun together. One of my favorite things to deconstruct is the route Interpol took. With star witness Sam Jackson in tow. From Manchester to what I guess was supposed to be the ferry that would take them to the Netherlands. Even with the bad guy in the inside of Interpol, I couldn't quite understand why a route that took them off the highway and into the confines of a city was approved by the director of Interpol. Movies do this thing where they have an action scene in mind, so the particulars of a route are not important, but can always point to the fact that, quote, someone was on the inside to manipulate it. But even with a perfect route, they would have had to get their armored van on a ferry and driven another long way to the... Hague? Hague. (laughs) Were you going to go Hagui? (laughs) Hagui. The Hagway. Uh, At one point, I wanted to write, quote, why are they even driving to the Hague? Why doesn't Interpol have a helicopter or something? People who made the movie say there's a bad guy on the inside. Stop thinking it. Anyway, decently fun movie. I might watch the sequel. Uh, I'm absolutely going to watch the sequel. Um, This movie is one of those where you're very aware of how ridiculous some of it is and how it doesn't make sense. Uh, And yet, for me, I had a blast. And I think a lot of it has to do not only with the chemistry between Samuel L. Jackson and Ryan Reynolds, but just I, I would watch Ryan Reynolds read the phone book. I think he is so much fun to hang out with. Like, I want mm-hmm. that guy as my friend. I want to, you know. Both of them. You don't think Samuel Jackson would be fun to hang out with? <laughs> sure, sure, sure. But for me, God, Ryan ass. Reynolds is another level. I, I totally agree with I, you. I Sam Jackson is is a blast. But for whatever reason, like, I'll watch an animated GIF that Ryan Reynolds is in and be like, I love yeah. that guy so much. So you're watching Hobbs and Shaw when The Rock doesn't want to hang out with him. And you're like, I'll hang out with you. I'll, <laughs> yes, I'll hang yes. Out with you. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... So that has a lot to do with it, um, but it is, I think I even wrote a sin as such, if you don't enjoy Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson together, you're going to hate this movie because it's pretty much all it is. That This movie mm-hmm. succeeds on their chemistry or it fails if you're not buying into it because no, the I, actual I action stuff that. is total nonsense. 
Um, well, it's not, it, it's, well, actually, I don't, I mean, it is nonsense, but it's just, it's not very well shot. It's just kind right. of, it's not really interesting action. I of mean, course. it's basically just, you know, shooting and yeah. Um, I saw this around when it came out. I don't think I saw it in the theater and I honestly didn't remember much about it. Oddly enough, the one thing I remembered mostly about it was that year. I think that was the first time I did the, the Sif Pop summer thing. Oh yeah. And, yeah. uh, that was like one of those that like a lot of people were talking about, like this might be a sneaky hit. That's like the thing I remembered about it for some reason. Um, and I think it was a decent hit. I mean, they made a sequel. Um, uh, but, yes, the, or they're the making summer a sequel. Game. I remember when movies came out during the summer. <laughs> we, you really should have done it this summer. That would have been crazy. <laughs> yeah. Who, whoever got the wretched would have won. Yeah. Unhinged. Um, Unhinged would have been number one. There you go. Um, but um, anyways, I uh, so I rewatched this last night because I, I, it's been one that's been on my list of like, I want to rewatch it because I hadn't, and then you guys did the video. So I'm like, well, I'll rewatch it. So I, it's very fresh in my mind. And I agree with basically everything you're saying. Um, I think Samuel Jackson and Ryan Reynolds are great together. Jackson gets to have a lot more, like, I guess, character in this movie. Like he can kind of let loose a little more because mm-hmm. the predicament they put Reynolds in, which I think is very forced, by the way, that I, I don't know why him and his, X have to be like it has to be that specific to where right. he's blaming her for this. Right. And you guys touch on this in the video. Like it couldn't just be he was upset about all that and so she left him. I mean it, it, that I mean that's all you need, right? And then you still have the Samuel L. Jackson twist, you know, which isn't really a twist. But because anybody watching the movie knows that has to be absolutely what happened. Um, you know, sad sack Ryan Reynolds is hilarious though. Like yeah, the, his sad stuff in in the moment at the end, and I think it's where we take the sin off, where he is just mm-hmm. sitting and, and drinking while chaos is going on around yes. behind him, and he's just carrying yeah. on this conversation with the bartender. Yeah, is some of the funniest things I've ever seen. I just love it so much. <laughs> no, and I, I also like when he's when he he acts like you know Samuel Jackson will start to tell him what something means, and he'll be like, No, no, I know what it means. It just doesn't work in this context. <laughs> They're very um, good together. I think Ryan Reynolds is really interesting, too, because I know him more from uh, like meme culture, but then Mm -hmm. also just the real quick news about Deadpool and and from just being a part of uh, just basically Internet communities who are really, really excited that he as an actor and a lover of material uh, created um, something that the fans are proud of and that he's proud of. And so because of that, a fan experience as a secondhand person since I wasn't like a huge fan of Deadpool as far as like I didn't know the material was coming Mm -hmm. from or any of that stuff but watching a famous person sort of champion for material and really go to bat for it according to all the things Mm -hmm. that I was reading and all the fan stuff that's one of the reasons I like Ryan personally to watch him Um, and he does he has a really great comedic delivery that is i super agree with you aaron it's just it's he's magnetizing you just want to watch what he's gonna do i haven't seen this movie but um because it seems very comedic i i think i would i think i would really probably I think enjoy you would probably it enjoy yeah you'd it. have a good time you'd i mean samuel jackson's so likable and ryan reynolds and selma hayek is really good in this mm-hmm. she's very funny i think this would be one where like for example my husband uh, and i would really enjoy it yeah yes. like watching oh, this one I together agree. Um, yeah, I have. I've had. I, it's also one of those new, new and win kind of thing because I, I fell in love with him with two guys, a girl, in a pizza place. Like immediately, I just thought he was the best thing ever in that sitcom. And then just to watch his career bloom and like, I, I, think, I like movies like The Proposal because he's in it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's just he's well, yeah, so fun he's, to watch. I think Deadpool though. She's bringing up Deadpool. I think that's a great example of how good he is though because I personally think that movie has a lot of issues. But he's so good. Like, he basically makes that movie good. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Yeah. Um, I do not love that movie. Uh, like, I'm, I think I'm you're you. on the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's very funny at times. I mean, I, there's a lot of good things about it, but I think it's almost 100 percent him. And mm-hmm. I really didn't like the second one. And the second one, I think, showed even more how weak the first one was. Exactly. Because yeah, when they I started, agree. when they tried to create a universe around it, it it just it kind of fell apart. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a one joke premise. The joke is very yeah. funny, uh, but yes. it's a one joke premise. And to try to stretch it over one movie, let alone two, is you can start to see it strain. Yes. So yeah, yeah no, he's awesome. I totally agree um but i think it's I, nice too to, to to think that his passion for uh content and his passion maybe even for creating deadpool opened doors for a movie like this like would he have been considered for a role like this without showing his chops in this other format you know what i mean mm-hmm. sure no i, I so. totally get that totally get that because he has that he has that comedy snarky hero vibe right yeah mm-hmm. kind of like I know, I know a guy like that, but I don't know that he could do the heroic things that he's doing, but I know a guy like that. Yeah, he's got that crazy combination of, like, typical leading man, you know, chiseled features <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. typical sidekick, snarky, you know, wit, which isn't necessarily something that always goes together, and so... I think it works really well and for it him. It seems like I I don't know for a fact, but I, this is one of those movies where I would think they really liked each other because like they really got along. Mm-hmm. It, it feels that way at least. It feels like if not, they're better actors than I thought. But right, um, and think, they're doing a sequel, so I guess they're fine. I think he's kind of you know who was kind of the the prototype for this was Cary Grant, right? Like Cary Grant was kind of had that mm. little bit of that sarcastic wit to him and. And was, you know, still at the I same time. I do like that comparison. They used to compare Jim Carrey to Cary Grant, which I do not agree with No, at all. I don't think that's uh, accurate. Yeah, you know. I don't think it is either. But I think Ryan Reynolds fits more of that mold. Like, you could totally see Ryan Reynolds do North by Northwest. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Oh, yeah. Um, today, why don't you kick us off, uh, transition us into the video. What were some of your, uh, some of the things you liked about it? Um, the Interpol on smartphone just like the the it's like okay so you're gonna see that just doesn't seem smart to me but right, okay right. like the whole delivery on that one but my um i'll save my favorite for the last actually i'll skip ahead oh the ricochet bullet in the airbag was fun uh the entire like repeat uh sequence of the um referencing like the clock is ticking and then it's like it's a good thing you're not gonna like show the clock damn it you know and then that happening multiple <laughs> this times. movie does not trust the audience because it just like it'll say it through a reporter then show the clock then have the judge say it and it's like we get it the times to like you know <laughs> trust us but that and that's so stupid like that time limit is so dumb it's anyways, so arbitrary which, anyway yeah oh it's ridiculous yeah so, so I liked, I mean, I liked that too. Cause you don't even think like, again, for myself as the normal movie viewer, I don't think about how that's insulting. Like I know what you just said, mm-hmm. but then even now to think that it takes up that much time in a movie that a couple of minutes at the end may have been spent looking at a clock rather than something that we really are excited to see right. yeah. is definitely cynical. Uh, but my absolute favorite was the C cup titty size. <laughs> um, I had that written down. The C that makes a D look like an A. I freaking love that. I loved it because it's like, yeah, I look through the C cup window. And then it zooms in. And it's just like, that's like a fucking triple X. Well, like, I, know, I will tell would, you, I, like, I will tell you in keeping tabs what that window is uh, in, my, in my keeping tabs. That window I'm would just, be back surgery. I'm, exactly. I'm just saying as a woman, imagining that that was C cup and, and then imagining having a breast that large, I had to go lay down. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, ow. Oh, Jesus, Lord. It's like when you see something on screen that makes you hurt on the inside. Yeah. I just, I had that experience. Oh, so that was the was equivalent a, of like men seeing like getting kicked in the balls. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But nice. uh, it was a hilarious sin. Supreme. I oh, loved thanks. It. Thanks. Jonathan, what about you? Um, nether landlines. Uh, <laughs> love that. Love that wordplay. Uh, oh, God, urine in a bottle. Um, and actually, it was that was so fun too because he started singing it, and I was like, "Wait, what is that? What is that song?" And then when he did urine in a bottle, I was like, "Oh yeah, of course, message in a bottle." Yeah. Um, and then uh, I don't remember. That was clearly five seven six. I wrote that down, but I don't. Oh, remember that's a haiku one. reference. Oh, that was the oh, haiku that's right, reference. That's right. Yes, yeah. that's what it was. I loved that. That was hilarious. Oh, Michael survives this. I want to talk about that scene. So I agree with you. That scene is total bullshit, but God damn it, I loved that. I loved that <laughs> shot of him going through the window. Oh, it's hilarious. Window. Oh, it's so great. It's oh, so well done. Oh, and if you well watch done. that, they just show it really quick, too, Danae. You should, like, look up that scene because it's just the – I don't even know how they shot it. Like, because, I mean, it, it looks like painful. it looks like one shot, so I don't know how that could be a stunt double. Um, but it's it so had well to done. be, right? It's very well done. Oh. Yeah. Well, oh you know, it reminds me when, when, um, when we send – uh, Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. and he's up on the ladder in the Fly episode, and he falls down, mm-hmm. and you see the stunt double fall yeah. from the top to the bottom. Yeah. It's uncut, and there's just this—I mean, microscopic moment yeah. where you can kind of tell that they have now superimposed a face on a face and merged it into the actor. But it was so well done, and that kind of stuff is like, man, that's fun. That's yeah, fun. It's it, yeah. you know, you got it's- like Princess Bride. Of them falling down where it's clearly a dude with like a beard instead of yeah. buttercup. And then you have something like this. And it's like, wow, this is so cool that we have this technology where we can just be mm-hmm. completely immersed in this bullshit. It's awesome. It's so great because the look on his face, like, because he literally like flips over and just kind of like, like gravity just propels him back up. Um, <laughs> and then he's just like, what the fuck? You know, like, <laughs> it's just... But it is stupid. He has like no. He doesn't even have any cuts on his face, does he? He's like nothing. Like no. he's fine, right? He's yep. running like two minutes later. Oh yeah, no, he's he's cool. He just did a barrel roll. That's all you need to do. <laughs> oh, don't he's worry, cool. he's don't fine. worry about the windshield <laughs> you went through. <laughs> it's like... But it's a but it's a great. It's a it's a very cynical moment. But it's also a very great movie moment. Exactly. Like it's the, it's there the you money go. shot in that movie. That is that is the definition of what we do. Um, and I just like that. I just thought it was so funny. What is keep it up, chains? We're all counting on you. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then I I really love the I for, love for, that one. I really love the I'm not mentioning this for any reason, but Die Hard came out 32 years ago. I thought that was really funny when he was falling. So yeah, yeah, good stuff. Uh, thank you. Uh, it was a lot of fun to write on. Um, I I wanted to clarify something because I saw some comments on it. The uh the joke uh, the joke about um the mountains being there are no mountains in Belarus. Uh, and mm-hmm. yet there were mountains. And so it says, so much like my college girlfriend, these mountains mm-hmm. are obviously fabricated. And in the comments, people were saying things like, oh, uh, no, Jeremy didn't have a college girlfriend. That whole thing's, you know, made up or whatever. And first of all, of course, it's made up. But that's not the talking joke. About boobs, yo. It's talking about boobs. The, the joke is you know, that the mountains. mountains were fabricated. I'm glad you I went back and forth with that because it could have both meanings. Right. right so yeah. I was trying to figure out. I immediately thought boobs because I'm a guy probably. And then, <laughs> and then I th- oh, maybe he just means like we made up the college girlfriend stuff, which we did. I mean, of course, I mean, I'm sure of he had a college girlfriend. But, yeah. But the, the stories are fabricated. Yeah. Um, so I yeah. wanted to clarify so that. I'm glad one. to know it was. I'm glad to know I was right. The yes, first it was intentional. The mountains are obviously <laughs> fabricated. Uh, the definition <laughs> the of the definition of key venience. 
Uh, I liked uh, that. <laughs> yes. Uh, I if, that was really good. I one of the biggest hangups I had in this movie, and it's ridiculous, but the fact that they go to this safe house that is within yes. walking distance from this huge event, and it's a safe house for Interpol, and yet Interpol doesn't even check there. Like it, like for hours. <laughs> it's like what that made no sense to me. Um. So and then I I really liked uh, driving Mace Daisy uh was fun mm-hmm. and then uh when chris did the the thing about the bar where everybody's fighting is like so jeers i thought that was perfect <laughs> i loved that so much um so yeah this this was a really fun one to write on uh because it had the combination <laughs> of being a movie you love uh that also has lots of mistakes in it it reminded me a lot of uh, and this is the example i often use but writing on um the uh oh what did the name the tower one with the rock uh skyscraper it reminded me uh what's that movie about the skyscraper called uh it, remind- <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me a lot of writing on skyscraper uh in this that is way. a better movie than skyscraper i will say okay i mean that's fine i think i they both fill that void well, for me of movie that i think is so fun to watch uh but is absolutely ridiculous so. well i think the difference for me would be I enjoyed myself with Skyscraper while realizing it was pretty bad. I think this one is more good, I guess, would be my I don't know, rationale. Man. I it's don't not know. much of a... And I might just like Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson better than I like Dwayne Johnson. Yes, that, um, I think that's possible. But I did love Nev Campbell coming back. I liked her in Skyscraper, so yeah. it does have my my Nev Campbell. Is in my Nev Campbell. Um, <laughs> yeah, she belongs to you. Good God. Uh, yeah, but, uh, I can't wait to get to keeping tabs about C-Cops. That's going to be fun. Well, let's do it then. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, mm-hmm. those are my dogs. Mm-hmm. Those are my. Uh, every time I try to talk, wow. Uh, is this how Aaron feels when we're? Okay, we're gonna try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. Let's move on to keeping tabs. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations.
We're each going to tell a story for putting together the content for the week. Maybe a Google search, some strange research, deleted sin, a weird nickname that popped out out of nowhere. Uh, Eddie Watts, uh, why don't you start first? I don't really have anything. I just did the Brooklyn Nine-Nine episodes and WAP. Um, I did not Google. <laughs> I did not Google WAP. Highly uh, recommend it. You'll yeah. learn a lot. Sure. I should have. I guess I should have Googled who the Jenner was for uh, Barrett. I didn't know he needed that information. Although I'm pretty sure that's Kendall, right? I have no idea. Um, Believe me, I have no idea. It's Kendall, I think. Yeah, but um, yeah, because oh, speaking of which, that's terrible. Did you guys not hear about that? There was like a petition to get her removed from that video. Oh, so I'm not weird. surprised. People, people are weird. Feel, yeah. People are awful. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I don't know. I've never watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians. My my wife was very upset because she's she's a fan of the Kardashians or <laughs> at least the show. Um. Anyways, but yeah, no, I did. I'm sorry. I didn't really. I didn't really have no, any cool. homework this week. So that's cool. Um. I guess I can. I can go then, since I already kind of. Uh, you know, said I was going to talk about the window. Uh, I did have a couple things I could talk about. I there. I did do some research on Cocytus, uh, which is the the mm-hmm. river in Dante's Inferno. Um, and that was what's, what I love about Captain Holt is that the writers do their research for him, but if you actually, you know, like research it further, you can usually find a fault with it. I think we've got another one coming up where, uh, Holt says something, or maybe it got deleted from the Halloween video. Mm-hmm. It's just inter- interesting to me to go check out these Greek mythology references and kind of see, you know, what they actually are. So yeah. That- I did. I did look up Kokaitis, so I do remember this. I looked it up too, but I, I didn't. I didn't go as far as you did. So I, because I was just trying to see if there was anything, you know, uh, differing from what he said. But yeah, yeah. But the one, yes, that I'm going to talk about uh, is the C cup sized airplane window, which was Let's talk about boobs, baby. Obviously not a C cup, and I did so much research about breast cup sizes, <laughs> and you, you know, just to because re- I really had to know the the visual comparison. So you did you did wob research? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Uh, and I think if my research is correct. Um, that that window is probably right around a G, somewhere around an F or a G uh, sized cup. Um, so it's at least according to the the uh, <laughs> internet statisticians slash scientists uh, that that I was able to to find on the subject. So Danae is shaking her head. Danae, what would your guess be on a breast that size as far as a cup size? You said it was a G. Yeah, I said somewhere right around a G. Nah. No, what would it's you say? It's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. I'd say like triple K. <laughs> Did you know the the you know this again amongst my research and I ha- I have a site I could pull up with twenty six very interesting breast facts. But one of them was that the <laughs> largest breasted woman currently uh, living is a fifty two I. So I is the largest cup size uh, that is actually. What does fifty two mean? That's the isn't that the distance? I think that has something to do with the measuring distance. Oh, uh, oh yeah, I know you're, you're saying like thirty six D. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Gotcha. Sorry, yeah. I just for some reason my mind. This is where I get confused, and this is what pisses me off about bras. Um, there does seem to be there does seem to be like a quote unquote universal bra size, but just same as women's clothing in general, mm-hmm. we don't have where it's like. The pants are sized according to your waist size or your inseam, which would make sense because then we would all have a similar 
Like you would go look for your pant size in your waist. Like, but inst- like guys do. Like guys do. But instead it's like, I'll go into Express and I'm a size 12 or something. I'll go into another store and I'm a size 8. And then I'll go into another store and I'm a 0. And I'm not even kidding you. It depends on where you shop. And they hmm. they name all the pants different sizes. Um, too cool. I guess make us feel better or worse about ourselves. I'm not sure. But um, so I had, I'm not going to tell you my bra cup is guys like that's just not going to happen but I had when I had my child my breasts obviously changed sizes and suddenly I have to find all new clothing to fit me and for my whole entire body but it has been an absolute train wreck nightmare in bra world and so um I don't believe you Aaron but I believe you did the research (laughs) (laughs) do you want me to read any of the the breast facts that I found and sure I can I can read some of them. Um, some of them are interesting. Some of them aren't. Uh, you know, we uh, mentioned the non-standardized sizing, all that kind of stuff. Estimated eighty percent of women are wearing the wrong bra size. Uh, eight out of ten women aren't even wearing the correct size because of sizing issues. Those kind of things. Um, not reading that stat. Uh, let's see. Can, I just I just want to say for the record, I don't think women should wear bras unless you really like it. I don't think it should be considered a standard. I I am with you. But but it, it there's I mean, there's doesn't matter to me. There's good there's there's reasons to wear bras. I will just say that like there are some times that like I think it's a really important thing because of just the anatomy. Some some women have a lot of skin that will then fold over on top of other skin and that can get really hot and uncomfortable. So um, there's those well, reasons. You're lactating. You could be lactating. And the other thing is that apparently nipples mean sex. So if your nipples show, you apparently can kind of come across as slutty. So we're all afraid of nipples. That's not a good reason, showing, though. That's not a good showing reason. Showing through fabric. So wearing a bra can cover that and, and help t- to have no nip. Yeah. Um, so to that, I just say get those cool like stickers, stick them on your nipples, and just go bra free. If we could, if we all commit to doing it, it will just be normalized do in like, about twenty years. <laughs> do like what Cardi B did with that outfit, where she's got like Dude, the chain hair. <laughs> I loved her. I loved her dress in that because it was just so much cleavage, and it's like, man, yeah, let's just like let them all loose, let them all down, like yep. get rid of these fucking bras, man. Another uh, another fact, uh, according to this website in the internet, as you know, never wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. But wearing a bra does not prevent sagging. Uh, gravity no, does that whether you wear a bra or not. If your if your uh, breasts are heavy enough to stretch that skin, your skin is going to stretch uh, whether you're wearing a bra or not. So I thought that was interesting. I remember reading something years back that was like. Um, it, it was like if bras prevent sag, it's only over the course of your life, maybe a millimeter. <laughs> I, was, I was like, that's not enough for me. <laughs> My God. The, uh, it was something like that. Here's a, here's another one. The average woman will spend $4,000 on bras in her lifetime and own 16 bras throughout the year, throughout a typical year. So that's a yep. that's a lot of money, and this oh, yeah, is the I think reason my wife's already spent that. And yeah. this is and this is one of the reasons that you will probably uh, never see the uh, braless idea take off. Uh, the lingerie industry made thirteen billion dollars last year in bras, uh, and when there's that much money on the line, there's not much incentive for you know companies to get behind those kind of things. So, oh, also eleven percent of women have apparently named their boobs. So. 
Oh, yeah. So there you I go. I did that when I was a teenager. Yeah. Do you mind sharing the names? Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't thought about it in a long time. Did they have the same time. name or did they have separate names? No, they had separate names. Of course. Of course. And it was not that interesting, but one was <laughs> Betty and one was Boop. <laughs> Betty and Boop. <laughs> At least it wasn't Eddie and Watt. That'd be weird. That would be so weird. This boob's name is Wop, and this boob's name is Wop, and together they are <laughs> Wop Wop. <laughs> All right, uh, we can move on. Uh, Danae, what did you have for your keeping tabs this week? Well, you kind of heard me run through a whole bunch of stats uh, when I was talking about Scoob. As far as the timeline, I looked up every single one of those pieces of information, um, specifically like the history of the boombox. Because like, when I saw that going down Venice Beach, I thought, oh, okay, what year is it? And I went to kind of look to see when boomboxes were that large. Um, and then I went and looked up information on boomboxes and tried to figure out like which ones were the ones that had the double cassette tape, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I found an interesting uh, website called Time Toast dot com on that one and kind of looked at boombox history which is it's just kind of fun to see you know all the old boomboxes but this is mm-hmm. literally a timeline of when they gained popularity so that was an kind of a fun little bunny trail. I had one. Yeah, I did too. Couple actually. Oh yeah. Um I also um I I kind of went through that reference earlier of even like the Funko Pops and stuff like that, but there was also reference I think to Toy Story at some point in time or maybe there was a toy from Toy Story. So was looking at when that movie came out, uh, which you know nineteen ninety five I think is what I wrote Mm -hmm. down. That time research Um, you did was was pretty intense when you went through it earlier when we were talking about the videos. I mm -hmm. was like wow that's some that's some research right there. Yeah, like finding out that the FAA issued their first commercial drone permit in 2006. <laughs> right. So when they so when they bust that guy and and they have all those electronics in that secret back room, um, there's an entire shelf of drones. So it's like, okay, they wouldn't be commercially selling drones until after 2006, and those look pretty new. Uh, but then you know, again, we get to the point where we finally hear the song "Shallow," so we know it has to be after 2018. <laughs> Which is so strange. So strange. So strange. strange. Um, I actually ended up looking about when the sun sets in Venice Beach at one point in time because uh, I was just trying to find, you know, little things to sin while Scooby and Shaggy are in his childhood bed with with that creepy puppet beside. But anyway. uh, You could have asked me. Some of my favorite pictures of my wife and I are sunset on Venice Beach. So, yeah. Well, the clock said 645 and it was dark out. And I was like, does that seem right to me? So I kind of did some research um, on timeanddate.com to figure mm-hmm. out, okay, when is the sun setting? And then I had to look up and I, I, I was like, oh, I've got a sin here. But I was looking at this month instead of in October because it was Halloween. So they actually were correct as far as it was setting correctly mm-hmm. at that point in time. Um, but the fun thing that I think I landed on was looking up the word blue falcon, uh, which is a uh, U.S. military, um, is it euphemistic? It's a euphemistic statement. It means a supposed comrade whose actions harm his friends often, but not always for his own benefit, hmm. which is the guy's character in the movie. So I thought that was a very interesting thing to kind of come across. I don't know if that's an intentional thing with the actual d- the character itself, if, if that's his shtick, you know, that mm-hmm. he's kind of that way or if the movie is portraying blue falcon well, in a new way and this but... wasn't blue falcon right this was yeah. his son and i still don't know why the movie chose that route um other than i guess they felt that would make more sense that he was dumb well um, if they're trying to bring it into tw- you know 2020 yeah. which i think they were maybe it, it had to be a son because then we the did real it blue falcon would be too old we did it we found the one place the creators of scoob actually took some time to try to think about something <laughs> <laughs> 
Way to go. I think that movie's amazing now, now that I realize they, they actually <laughs> considered uh, that it would be his son and not him. Let's move on to comment section. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're just going to take a look at a comment from the week's uh, stuff that we want to bring to the forefront. Mine's quick and easy. Had to mention it. One of my favorite comments ever on the Scoob video from G-Unit says, and they would have gotten away with this movie too if it wasn't for these <laughs> meddling sinners. I thought that was absolutely <laughs> oh, perfect. I'm glad somebody got that in. Yeah, absolutely Quick perfect. and easy is also the uh, name of my sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> See? I like it. I like it. I think it works for the TV Sins narrator. Uh, what, do you, what do you got, uh, Danae? Uh, mine is from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, uh, the scene where uh, at the very begin of, uh, beginning of Halloween when the covers peel back and there's no eggs there, um, the Reaper says, also, 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 despite how funny it is, Holt would never eat Peralta's under the covers <laughs> eggs. I thought that was funny too. I had that one down. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a great thing to point out. Jonathan, what do you got? Um, well, I'll do one from that same episode, which we kind of talked about this a little bit where people were talking about how they've been planning it, but I just liked how this one was written. It was Renato Corvero. I don't know. You put sends in for acquiring things last minute when the character says outright that stuff has been planned for months. You should be sending their ability to plan completely ridiculous things that they can't control, even though that itself is the joke. But you took a send off for the proposal, so you get a pass today. <laughs> <laughs> nice. People like that proposal, man. Yeah. No, it's good. It's handled really well. I like the surprise of it is is yeah. perfect. And I know because just... you wrote the thing about not necessarily loving them together, but I I, I know I don't know why I'm kind of like that too. Like they work well together, They're but fine. there is something about it that never has really. It's almost like their razzing of each other is their love. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they really like true. to razz each other. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. Uh, all right, let's move on to Beyond the Sins. To infinity. And beyond! Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're each going to chat about something else from the world of pop culture that we have seen recently. And Jonathan's going to kick us off. So, uh, on CBS All Access... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not doing CBS All Access. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this podcast brought to you by CBS All Access. Uh, no, I'm actually going to do their podcast, which I think it's like the third week in a row. I've been kind of getting it on podcast kick. This is a podcast I've listened to in the past. I hope I haven't had this on a Beyond the Sense. I don't think I have. Um, if I have, it'll just be a reminder <laughs> like a year later. But um, no, there's a podcast called The 430 Movie um, that I listened to for a while. And then for whatever reason, I kind of stopped. But then I just, I don't know, it started, it, I, I got reminded of it recently and I picked it back up. And I, I really am really enjoying it. Um, so apparently in the late 60s to the early 80s in New York, there was a uh, this station that played what was called the 430 movie. So every day, at Monday through Friday at 430, they would show a movie and they would do like theme weeks. Like they would do like Godzilla week or, you know, uh, science fiction week or whatever. And so this podcast, um, these three guys, uh, Mark A. Altman, who is probably most well known for uh, writing a lot about Star Trek. Um, he used to run this magazine back in the like 90s called Sci-Fi Universe that was kind of popular for a minute. I don't know if you remember that. And um, he's also, uh, he's been involved in like producing some TV shows and stuff, but he's written a lot about Star Trek. And then uh, Stephen Melching, who's worked on Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. And then Ashley E. Miller, who was one of the screenplay writers for Thor and X-Men First Class. 
Um, they're the host, and uh, they I get they were fans. They were alive when the 4:30 movie was going on, and were big fans of it. So they put this podcast together, where essentially every episode they do a theme week, and then they pick they pick a movie for each day uh, to air. And it's um I don't know, it's just it's a lot of fun, right? I mean, it's I I enjoy things like that. I enjoy theme weeks and themes and stuff like that with movies and bunching movies together. And it's just kind of fun to hear them uh, talk about what movies they would what they would air in this specific week week if it was this theme and um it's just a lot of fun to listen to so if if, if you enjoy things like that i think it would be uh, worth your while that sounds good Fourth, uh, the 430 movie yep is the podcast um i'll go next uh i saw unhinged um i did not go to a theater to see it i was actually uh, sent a screener um and this is of course uh the movie that is being touted by many as the first movie back to theaters I today think, as we're recording right? as we're recording this um many theaters are opening the theaters are opening around where we are i'm not sure what tennessee's doing although i think no the, they're opening amc's I, opening yeah for sure. i think in tennessee i think it, last i heard 44 states were allowing their theaters to open um and so i was curious about it uh, beyond this kind of thing that it is during this time that we're in where it's supposed to symbolize maybe maybe we're there's light at the end of the tunnel theaters are opening you know whatever uh, and besides all the political implications that come with whether you're not you know coronavirus mm-hmm. is still dangerous or not dangerous or dangerous in these situations beyond all that there's an actual movie here uh that is uh, for me much more fun to talk about and this <laughs> this is one of those movies that so completely knows what it is that it almost that alone almost makes it worth the watch like just it's fun this is just a straight up uh crazy person is pursuing an innocent person kind of movie and russell crowe is as the title indicates unhinged in this movie and kind of felt like falling down is it is it but it's crazier than that even it's just yeah i mean the aggression to it is non-stop and it is um it's it is a if nothing else compelling ride uh and i think russell crowe's performance is really good he's a great actor and Mm -hmm. you really buy that this is a madman who has just completely lost his way and has snapped and is just does not care about the repercussions and that is a scary thing to think of a human who has snapped and just you know there's there's no incentive for them not to do the worst possible things and so it, it certainly could be triggering for people who have you know been in abuse situations or uh, break-in situations or those kind of things because it feels very real um, certainly there there is re- you know movie ridiculousness in it that you know makes it so it's not like an a plus for me or anything and plus i'm not sure exactly what the movie is saying which we all know is a big deal to me and so um you know there's not really a message for me to latch on to but as far as a compelling experience this movie knows what it's doing and uh and i think for some who especially like this kind of aggressive non-stop kind of movie i th- i think you'll enjoy the ride so I definitely want to check it out at some point. I'm probably going to watch it like in three months when it's available <laughs> to watch in my house yeah, or less. Who knows? Yep. I just want to let you guys know I'm going to do the same thing I've always done and just not see movies. <laughs> Unless so. you're having to send them. 
What about you, Danae? Um, I actually want to talk about, so since I am DMing my first game, I had my first session and sometimes it's nice to have visuals. You don't have to have visuals if you're going to be playing any kind of a fantasy game, um, with your friends, but I was looking for resources for how to either make a map or to make like a little dungeon type thing. Um, I obviously lean towards just drawing a little doodle on a piece of paper and use your imagination. That's the easiest thing that mm-hmm. you can do. And depending on what kind of a game you play, that could pretend, that could work. And then I found some resources, though, that I thought I would share for anyone who is either thinking about uh, playing a game that requires something visual or would help you as you create a world, or even if you just want to, you know, dick around on a website and have some fun building a little world. So I have a couple of resources that I thought I would share nice. in that vein. Um, the first one is one I just found uh, called Incarnate. I N K A R N A T E. Incarnate. Incarnate. dot com. Mm-hmm. Nice wordplay too. <laughs> Had to like say I love it. it. Yeah, I love. I love times. that wordplay. Um, so there are a lot of map building. Uh, programs that you can purchase where you can kind of download something on your computer and build it in like your computer where you can essentially just paint on the screen and it creates, you know, land. And then you can click a little button and and you can add a mountain. You can zoom in. You can add like buildings and stuff like that. This is that, but online. And there's a free version where you can kind of mess around with it and make some simple things that would work perfectly for what I'm doing right now, which is just some general broad strokes. Um, But then I was looking around on the site and then you can also um, spend $5 a month on a subscription or $25 for the whole year. So um, I went ahead and just earlier this morning spent $25 just to have access to everything. So that's every kind of stamp as they call them for different kinds of trees and different colors of you know i mean everything you can imagine that you would build a world with and you also can see other maps that other people have built whether it's kind of zoomed in on a city or zoomed into like an actual the interior of a building or zoomed really far out for an actual continent and a lot of the people post them as public so you can copy them over to your own uh, profile and you can manipulate it if you want to so say that you really don't want to build an entire beautiful world but you you see one that's really close but you just kind of want to make some manipulation um, it looks like that's what's going to be allowed um, and I thought that the uh, the user interface was really smart I didn't have to think too much about this one and there are some other ones that people use um, to build kind of random worlds that do have a bit of a learning curve but this is one I just found like I said there's a ton of them out there you can just I mean you can google search like um, fantasy uh, map creation and there are a lot of options but incarnate is the one that I am trying I thought that I would reference that one and I also wanted to throw out a shout out to um, another one that I was linked to from somebody in the community, and I, for the life of me, cannot find your name, so apologies if I can find you. <laughs> I will do a shout-out. It's a more simplistic one. Um, it, there's a website, itch.io, where people kind of like can do their own uh, generators, and this one's called What About? And that's W-A-T-A-B-O-U. It's another similar one where you can create either visual maps um, and that one was really fun too, 
really simple versions. Um, and then you can also on that one change some uh, formats uh, and click on some other like interesting uh, links and you can get interiors of dungeons and you just kind of keep refreshing your page and there's all these different random dungeons that pop up. So you don't have to think too much. It's got the grid and everything and you mm -hmm. can just print those out for your game. So um, again, that one's W-A-T-A-B-O-U dot I-T-C-H dot I-O. I know that's a lot. Um, I'll probably end up tweeting that out later on just so that you guys don't have to think about it. And the other one is Incarnate. Very nice. Neat. How was, how was the DMing? Cool stuff. Did you have fun? Oh, my God. Yes, I did have a lot of fun. Um, before everybody arrived, uh, we did it in person. We had um, two people wearing masks at the table, two people not. We were all six feet apart in, in my basement. We all had I like set up little areas for everybody to stay apart. So we all were able to stay socially distanced. It was really respectful and awesome. Um, and uh, but right before they got there, I was uh, Justin's like, are you excited? And I was like, yeah, but I'm a little nervous. And up pipes my three-year-old daughter. She goes, oh, mama, don't be nervous. I'm here for you and daddy's here for you. <laughs> I was like, where did you learn this sort of... <laughs> yeah, enjoy that. When they're nine, they don't say stuff like that to you. <laughs> it was incredibly sweet. I went over and gave her a hug and I was like, thanks for supporting me, sweetie. <laughs> um, but after the four-hour session, they all were applauding me. They wanted to hang out. They asked me if I could. we could keep going. That's a good sign. And um, then they stayed for an hour in my driveway talking about the game another good sign so i'm really excited very nice i i felt bad earlier about shutting you down so quickly and so i wanted to oh it's okay i just want to make sure you this is dm podcast <laughs> i'm glad i did it because iris uh is a sweetie and anytime we can get an iris story i'm all for that uh that's gonna wrap it up for behind the scenes this week don't forget to make sure you are subscribed go ahead leave a comment or a rating as well you can hang out with us i'm on twitter i'm at aaron dicer she is at Danae Says. D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. -E -E he is at Sam Lewis 13. So for Eddie Watts, Danae Hughes, and myself, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at cinemasins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash BTS. One. Is the loneliest number that you'll ever see. Two's not quite as lonely, and forget about three. I don't, I don't know the lyrics. Who are the people in your neighborhood? In your neighborhood. In your neighborhood. Hello, deep voice. Let's do it. Let's get this party started. Good morning, deep voice Danae. Good morning. <laughs> I know, right? Like when I turned on my recorder, I was like, oh, but I have been talking a lot over the last couple of days. And so I think mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. I'm feeling the effects of I, I DM'd my first game. Okay. So I had did a morning show three mornings this week, three morning shows. Mm -hmm. And then I did. Let me count real quick. Seven. I think maybe 10 hours of DMing a game this week because we were leading up to the game and then we played the game. And so I had nice. individual sessions and then last night was the big like opening session. So, <clears throat> so I woke up this morning and I was like, whoa.
What's up, J Dubs? Not much. J Watts. You guys, how you doing? Johnny W. <laughs> which forms of which forms of the name John, uh, Jonathan? Do you like frustrate you when people call you? What, oh, uh, I don't know if anything really frustrates me. I feel like John is a as a name. So like, I feel like that's a different name than Jonathan because mm. people get named John. Sure. So I just get a little, it's a little annoying when I introduce myself as Jonathan and then they repeat back John. I'm like, that's not what I said. So uh, Johnny, uh, Johnny kind of gets annoying. John, John. Uh, I don't actually, that's one. I don't think anyone's ever really called. Who's ever called somebody John, John. (laughs) Me from here on out. Good morning, Uh, John, John. I'm okay with J-Dog and none of them really bother me that much. I mean, I have a couple of people that call me, Chris calls me Johnny sometimes. An old friend of ours named Scott, my wife hates that though. So she's like, she like allows them to do it, but she gets irritated if somebody else calls me that. I don't know why that name just strikes her ears in a weird way. Johnny? Yeah, but I guess she figures Chris is, um, you know, he's got, uh, what do you call it, tenure? (laughs) No. He's been in my life longer than her, so he lets her. He lets uh, her. She lets him get away with it. Right, right. Like you get a pass. Yeah, JoJo. Um, Can I call you JoJo? Never heard that one either. <laughs> Aaron's in a mood. Johnny Five was the nickname. That's why I hate Short Circuit. Uh huh. Um, hey, did you know Johnny Five is alive? Was waiting for that one. I used to get called Jew because that's my initials, but that's not really kosher anymore for a lot of people to say just Jew? randomly. That's my initials. J-E-W. Yeah, Jonathan uh, Edward Watkins. Yeah, uh, I, I used to guess. get Hanukkah cards from friends. and Yep. I have a bunch of keychains and stuff from when I graduated from high school that say Jew94 because everybody puts their initials. I'm going to start calling you I'm gonna start calling you Eddie Watts. <laughs> What's up, Eddie Watts? Uh, <laughs> it's all the same. That's I said it all. Speaking of names, uh, my son came to me today and said, Hey, Dad, have you ever wondered why there isn't a different spelling of Eric like there is of Aaron? Because Eric is spelled like Aaron, E-R-I-N. Why isn't there an Eric that's A-A-R-O-C? And I'm thinking about it like, that's not how you would spell Eric. But I'm like, well, but that's how you spell Aaron. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's, it'd work. What, how weird is my name? All of a sudden today, <laughs> I'm just like, you have the weirdest name. <laughs> like, I've lived with it my whole life. And so I've thought maybe about the AA being a little weird. But the O, I've never considered how weird that O is. You know, it's not a Ron. It's Aaron. Mm-hmm. It's just such a, like, my name is so messed up. I'm not doing myself any favors with Iris these days. Because I started laughing when she adds the word but after anything. Uh-huh. And so that's like our thing now is yeah. we, we'll just okay. sit side by side on the couch and look around the house and look at ourselves and be like, what about knee butt? And then we'll <laughs> laugh and then she'll do what about nose butt? And so now she's doing it to other people, though. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> she'll be like, hey, hey, I got to tell you something. What about lips butt? <laughs> they just are like, what is wrong with your kid? My brother is making the coolest thing on his uh, lathe in his um, wood shop. Lathe lady, lathe. He's part of the crafting community on Twitch, and I guess they have a Discord. And uh, one of the people, maybe like a moderator or something, has a monthly challenge for the whole community. And this month it was the theme of UFOs. So he took like a smaller board and a fat board and then a smaller board and he sandwiched them together with glue and has been turning it into a flying saucer. Mm, yeah. So he's got an operational he's, it look. No. Okay. Fair enough. Decorative. But he's now got it to where it's the shape of a flying saucer. 
I guess it was smaller piece, bigger piece, smaller piece. That makes more sense. Sorry. Because we, we call those sitting saucers. They, they cease to be flying saucers at that point. Yeah. Well, UFO. Um, it would be a USO. The easier way of explaining <laughs> what everyone's going to be doing. An alien spaceship. So uh, today, or I guess yesterday, he, or I don't remember when he did his stream on this, but he like scooped out the inside and made it into a bowl. And today he was fitting the lid on top of it so that you can take the lid off and it's a it's a bowl on the inside. It's so, it's so, so rad. That sounds it's cool. cool to yeah, it's cool to watch him work. He also, uh, he wears a kilt while he works. He's one of those cool guys that wears kilts and a bow tie. Yeah. <laughs> Does he go full authentic? Do you know? Uh, I think so because he has this. Um, so on Twitch, if you're watching, you like earn channel points uh -huh. that you can spend uh, to get like extra emojis and, and various things. But my brother has it set up where you can turn in your, he calls it sawdust because he's in the shop. So you can turn in your sawdust for making him take a drink of water uh, or hydrate, making him stretch. So he'll take a break and he'll do some stretches. And he even has like a camera that's on his body and he'll turn his body cam on and do stretches, which is really fun to watch. <laughs> nice. um, he also has something called show socks because my brother collects socks, very unique ones. And so you can turn in your sawdust and he'll stop what he's doing and he'll hike his leg up on the lathe and where the camera is and show the socks. And he's always like, got to be careful. So I kind of make <laughs> so sure my, my kilt doesn't show too much. <laughs> Let's get it started. Ah. Let's get it started in here. Right here. Let's get it started. <laughs> that song hasn't aged well, the original version. I was going to say, I'm so glad the original version was never released on the radio. I can't even believe in that year that song was, was made. Yeah. And with that, because and Let's Get It Started sounds so much better. Yeah, it does. I don't even know what we're talking about. Think about okay. what rhymes with started. It's the R word. Let's get farted. Yes. Yeah, let's get farted. That's right. And fart is a bad word, so it has an age. Getting it started again would I'm be kidding. restarted. So let's get restarted, <laughs> except not restarted. <gasps> that's the song. That's I, the original song. If you yeah. have the original album, that's the that's the actual song. When it got to the radio, they did started, but mm -hmm. on the album, it was not started. Oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> Danae's like, face. Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding? No, 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 I'm not at all. Not at all. Fuck, that is horrible. Because I downloaded, I remember when that song came out, I like, I downloaded it off, like, I don't know what I had at the time, like LimeWire or whatever. I didn't. And we short-circuited today. This is my, uh, I'm going to take a drink of water. Wop, wop. Wop, wop. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 